Hello, my fellow Stoic, and welcome to the Stoic Handbook Podcast. I'm your host, John Brooks. And before we get into today's episode, I want to spend just a moment addressing the anxiety gremlin together. You know, the one that lurks in the shadows, feasting on your confidence and mental clarity. But in all seriousness, anxiety is a major problem for many of us. It denies our potential in life. And it kept me stuck for years. I used to struggle with anxiety attacks, chronic worrying, fear of judgment from others, social anxiety, difficulty building connections, brain fog, being distracted, struggle with sleep, feeling constantly tired, general feelings of insecurity and low self-esteem. And it would sometimes show up in work and professional situations And also they came with it, this kind of joy sapping quality where I just wasn't able to enjoy life to the full. And then also kind of like shame and feeling alienated because of the whole thing. I struggled with this for quite a few years and kind of distracted myself out of it, tried the mainstream techniques, but eventually I just had enough and I made a decision. I refused to live the rest of my life with this constant war inside this constant inner battle. So I set out to learn as much as I could about the psychology of anxiety, as well as the philosophy of happiness. I also stumbled on stoicism during this process. And then I refined my ideas into a system that helped me personally break free from the shackles of fear. I tested it on myself. I tested it on coaching clients. I released different parts of it to the public. My meditations relating to anxiety have been listened to by many thousands of people. And I kept building and building upon this. And the result of all of this work and study is now the course Stoic Anxiety Mastery. This is my flagship course, and it consists of four parts that will teach you new psychological skills, not just ideas, but skills that will help you kick anxiety to the curb, unlock your full potential, get rid of things like anxiety attacks, that feeling of dodging social situations, that constant resistance and feeling like you're not meeting your potential because this thing called anxiety or fear is holding you back. And so if you resonate with the type of work that I create, if my lessons and my teachings have personally helped you, I would encourage you to check out Stoic Anxiety Mastery. Imagine yourself being able to confidently enter a room, talk to strangers, nailing work meetings, picture in your mind what it would be like to have a crystal clear mind And this is what Stoic Anxiety Mastery is all about. It's about giving you the toolkit to help you rise above the chaos and thrive in all areas. So if all of this sounds interesting to you, you can head over to stoicstore.com where you'll find Stoic Anxiety Mastery. Stoicstore.com, there's going to be a link in the show notes. And I hope you join me on this epic journey of turning the path of overcoming anxiety into a path of mastery. It's been a life-changing adventure for me, and I sincerely wish that if anxiety is something you struggle with, it becomes one for you too. With all that said, thank you for being on this journey with me, and now let's go on to today's episode. Did you have a hard time getting to this meditation? Was it difficult to arrive? No? Yes? As you might know, the entity that is listening now The entity we call you consists of trillions of atoms that are so very precisely arranged that they will never exist in this formation again. All of the tiny particles that are in silent symphony 
right now are responsible for every heartbeat, every breath, every reaction you have ever made and will ever make. What's particularly odd is that even though you are a very complex and very alive person, if we were to pick you apart atom by atom, we would not find anything that is indeed alive. We would find the same atoms that might exist in a rock or a cloud or the sun, but arranged differently. It is also easy to take for granted that there is anything at all. The universe itself hasn't always existed. There was a time, if we want to call it that, where there were no flowers or people or animals or sky. There was no universe whatsoever. So the fact that you made it here today is indeed very impressive, not to mention, of course, how you've lived this long. Of the billions of species that have existed on Earth, 99.99% have become extinct, gone, never to return. While the atoms in your system are very good at keeping you alive, the atoms in the world around you can cause major threat to that goal. At this point, we also have to thank every one of our ancestors, who include monkeys, fish, and even single-cell organisms, for reproducing at precisely the right moment in precisely the right way to allow us to exist. In fact, if over the last 3.8 billion years, any of our ancestors did anything differently, we would not be here listening to this. I don't know if you are a betting person, but if you were to go back to the dawn of the universe, you would be beyond foolish to bet on your own existence. The likelihood of you being alive is equivalent to two million people all getting together with a trillion-sided die. Throwing the die up in the air and everyone getting the exact same number on the first throw. If you look outside, it's almost impossible to contemplate that the cities and buildings and cars and coffee cups were once made of stars. Stars that became unstable, then exploded to become gas clouds, eventually becoming solar systems. But the creation of the universe, according to science, is even stranger still. Everything that exists in the entire universe was once compacted into a space so small it had no dimensions. This is known as the singularity. It's hard to imagine what a singularity would look like because it doesn't exist inside of a universe like ours. In many ways, it is a no-thing. The question I have for you is, how is this landing? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much awe and delight do you experience contemplating these facts? How you answer might depend heavily on your age. Your typical two-year-old will find true delight in walking through a puddle or seeing how magnets repel each other or the way a balloon seems to float. As this two-year-old gets older, the price of ore becomes more expensive. As a 22-year-old, you would need a significantly rarer and novel event to trigger the same amount of delight. That 22-year-old may even be proud of their lack of ore, telling people they have grown up and simple things no longer delight them. From a stoic perspective, losing your sense of delight, which is a wonderful aspect of being alive, isn't something to brag about. Just in the same way we would be concerned if we lost our sense of smell or taste, we should also be concerned if we can no longer feel awe. And more importantly, if this is the case, we should take the steps required to rekindle it. We can practice regaining the sense of awe we once had by trying to make the invisible visible again by trying to see the magic of reality. Become a master at seeing the invisible. I'll leave you with a quote from Marcus Aurelius. 
when you arise in the morning, think of what a precious privilege it is to be alive, to breathe, to think, to enjoy, to love. Thank you for listening to the Stoic Handbook podcast. If you'd like to support my work, you can leave a review, a rating on Spotify. It takes just a few seconds. And you can also leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. I read every review. I deeply appreciate this, and it really helps me to be able to spend more time doing this work and get great guests on this podcast. So thank you so much, and I will see you on the next episode, if fortune allows.